0: Welcome to the Seedle Pie Podcast. This is the place where we get to peek into excellence in teaching and learning at Madison College by connecting with and learning from our colleagues. I'm your host, Jessica Fegestead. To the Seedle Pie Podcast, where we get to peek into excellence at Madison College with our faculty and hear all about the amazing things that they do at the college. And I have two guests today here today instead of just one guest, so it's like double double the pleasure here. Um, I'm really excited. My guests are two faculty members from our Certified Nursing Assistant program, Lois Kirore, got it right, and Rocky Blanco. So welcome to the podcast today. Thank you. Yeah, glad to be here. How are are your days going so far? So far so good. I can't complain. Yeah. Here we are week five already of the semester. Although I know with the nursing assistant program, I think like you probably have been going like constantly for a while now. Not even week five doesn't even mean anything. I don't know. Like your schedules are way different than a lot of people's. They do. Like um, second day of January, we we are back at it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Yeah. I know. It's like... I said, I, I'm like, I hope I can squeeze into your schedules here. So I'm, I'm really happy that you um, got some extra time to, to come and talk today because I haven't had the pleasure of interviewing any of our nursing uh, faculty yet. So you get to be the first. You get to set the foundation of, of other um, nursing interviews. And it's kind of appropriate probably to start with the Certified Nursing Assistant Program, right? It's kind of yeah. the base program for all the nursing students too. So perfect. So First of all, I'd like to just get to know, you know, more about you both um, personally, professionally, how you got into nursing, nursing education, and how you got to to Madison College. So um, which one of you would like to go first?
1: Oh, Lois, go for it.
0: All right, Lois. Um, Okay, so
2: um, I started at Madison College teaching in 2019, but prior to that, I am originally from Kenya. Um, My father inspired me to be a nurse. He was 69 years old when I was born. So um, as a young girl, I always wanted to be a nurse because I thought I would always take care of my father because in, in my mind, he was never going to die. But he did, and um, when I was coming to America, he charged me to be whatever I always wanted to be, and that was to be a nurse. So I started my journey by taking one class here at a time um, at Madison College, then moved to, Gr- to Green County um, because obviously those days the waiting list was such so long. Um, and now moving forward, I feel like um, I take my father wherever I am, even if I didn't get to take care of him. He is in every room with my patient, with my students. He inspires me to continue to do what I do into teaching. I thought that maybe one day when I retire, I'll go back home, and maybe I will teach, but um, as I... In my previous role, I was a staff nurse educator, and I would assist faculty from Madison College, Edgewood um, College, um, to bring students, and um, at that point, I had one of our faculty, actually, and our program director, Renee, she would bring students to um, where I used to work, and I was inspired, and I thought, I want to do what she does, it's quite inspiring, so that's how I got into nursing education, so I applied and um, you know went through the long
0: process of interviewing, and now mm-hmm. I'm here, almost finishing my fifth year. Yeah, wow, time flies. Yeah, yeah, and and so you started uh, right before the COVID pandemic, so you got you got about a year, year and a half of. "Quote normal" before that all happened, right? Here yes. at the college, at least, um, I'm sure that was a, a interesting transition, and we can probably talk to both of you about how how that went uh, at that time. And and Rocky, tell me a little bit about your background.
1: Well, um, I had pretty much a very like bumpy road before I made it to to nursing, and and then even nursing education, but essentially. One of the very last steps before making my shift into the nursing field was um, I was working as a research assistant at UW, um, looking at skeletal muscle physiology and, you know, doing lots of research there. But I, I really missed the personal connection that I used to have because I have an experience of an exercise physiologist, so personal training, things like that. And okay. I miss that people connection. So I really didn't see myself doing what I was doing for a prolonged period of time. So I really started thinking into myself. I was like, Hey, where, where can I get back to that people connection thing, helping them still in that like kind of health, you know, medicine kind of field. And the first thing that kind of came up was, you know, nursing, you know, nursing kind of fits that, that mold, that fit that I need. So, you know, investigating around came across Madison college they have a nursing assistant program. So I signed up for the nursing assistant program. And then I did that. I completed that course, went out, started working as a nursing assistant for about three years. And then um, shortly after that, I was really, really wanting to move forward to be a, a registered nurse. Madison College has that too, you know, and I already got the experience from Madison College of it being such a very open access and welcoming community. So I just enrolled right back and Sure enough, I encountered that with the faculty, you know, um, they assisted me through the process and graduated in 2020, <laughs> right at the very beginning of the COVID pandemic, actually. As a matter of fact, our, our last semester was uh, fully online mm-hmm. um, and then graduated in the May of 2020 and um, continued then started working, started working as a, as a brand new nurse um, right at the beginning of the pandemics and worked um, as a bedside nurse for about... Uh, four years and then during that I I was inspired by teaching training precepting because I was doing some of that also in my role as a nurse um that's when you know there was like communication between my old uh advisors here at the college and they were like hey you would be a fantastic you know trainer educator here at the at the college you know why don't you see if you come back Mm -hmm. you know so then sure enough um Positions opened up. um, I applied and here I am. You know, um, I just recently accepted the position back in September.
0: Awesome.
1: Um, Well, August, but September was when we really started Mm -hmm. with the students and whatnot. So I'm one of the new ones in the nursing assistant program, but I love it. I, I absolutely love it. I love the teaching aspect of it. So it's it's something that I'm really passionate about, education, teaching. That's what I have a lot of experience on, you know, more of the academic academia side of things.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, welcome to Madison College. Your first your first official year. That's exciting. Yeah, thanks. For sure. Now, you mentioned a term that I want to make sure our our listeners know what it means because I don't think it's a term that always is um, uh, you know, universal. Precept preceptor or prece- yes. precepting. What what does that mean in nursing?
1: Yes, you're correct. I'm sorry about no, that. No, that's okay. I, yeah. It's um,
0: one I've learned through my role in cetal, <laughs> but I never had heard of it honestly before that.
1: True. So, what that is is essentially very similar to any experience in other workplaces where you have um, your mentor
0: okay, and then mm-hmm. you have
1: the new trainee, mm-hmm. you know, and you have that person where you're with them for a specific amount of time, just really learning the ropes of the new job. Um, I can't really speak about like a lot of other roles if they do exactly like how we do it in the nursing field. But essentially in the nursing field, you know, you have that preceptor, the mentor and the preceptee, which is the student and you're pretty much working side by side with real patients and so on and so forth, you know, for as long as sometimes three months, Mm -hmm. you know, until they really get their feet, you know, and then they start rolling.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, it's a, um, it's a great model for sure. I mean, I think that's so important and it's nice that it's more formalized because I think it happens naturally in a lot of areas, but it's nice that it's formalized in in nursing for sure. Um, Do you both uh, practice currently in in addition to teaching are you are you out practicing nursing as well? I am currently not
2: practicing. I was um, until I started um, doing my master's in nursing education and so at that point I needed to step away from that a little bit so I can focus Mm -hmm. but I am hoping that um, after graduation here, hopefully in May, then I'll go back to some practice because it does keep you up to date with um, what is happening out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: How about you, Rocky? Did you say?
1: Um, actually, recently I, I did have to step away from the bedside um, because of this new transition, yeah, position and everything. And, you know, I, I, I do value and I, and I second exactly what uh, Lois says. You do gain a lot from still being at that bedside. And it's not to say that we don't in our roles don't do that. We do. Right. Um, but it's a little bit different, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took a, a little bit of a step back um, from doing bedside, bedside care to focus on this new role. But I am hoping to, as well as when I continue transitioning through my education and whatnot and finish certain key steps milestones, Mm -hmm. then I can get back and keep training. There,
0: I just know I've talked to several nursing faculty and I'm always amazed to hear that how many, you know, are practicing and I'm like, what, what, when do you have time to do all this? And like. I hope I hope you're also practicing, you know, the cliche of self-care, but really, truly, when it's like, oh, my gosh, you're doing all this nursing education and then practicing and then you know, like, where do you have any time for yourself? So so I'm glad to hear that you both are, you know, made a conscious decision to balance that out and and not overwhelm yourselves with with um, extra work, because this job is plenty of work on its own, for sure, working at the college, um, without a doubt. Um I'm curious for you, Rocky, you know, well, I mean, you both were students in, in the program, but you more recently, you know, transitioning from a, a student to and eventually being a faculty member in the same program, you know, are there certain insights that you feel like you have from that kind of recent experience like that?
1: You know, the one thing that really stands out for me when I became a faculty member is, you know, how, how intensely focused we are in... Student success, like intensely. Um, constantly we're talking about how can we get students to be more successful with our program. You know, is there any interventions that we can do, you know, new study methods, ad- adaptations to the course, whatever we can do. And don't get me wrong, I caught that. You know, being a student here mm-hmm. at Madison College, there was always that focus. You know, it was just like, how can we help? How can we help? You know, if you're having trouble, we have this. We have these resources. And not only within the nursing program, but um, throughout the college. So shifting over and then now being the faculty member and now hearing that, you know, in our meetings and how we go about our courses, it, it was it was nice. It was nice to see that. That, that was like the, the really biggest like insight that I got from that transition.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's really at the heart of, of what we do here, for sure. You know, decisions are made, and, and it's really about the students and, and what they what they need, and that's really um, one of the great things about working here, for sure. Um, So even backing up, I guess, a step, you know, people like myself that may not be familiar with, you know, what a CNA program involves and what kind of work environments it prepares students for, um, would you maybe tell us a little bit about that, Lois, and then Rocky can kind of fill in, like, Give me the background. If I do sell it. Sell me the program. <laughs> <laughs> so um,
2: the nursing assistant um, program um, is. A program whereby we prepare students to enter into healthcare. It's the entry level um, into healthcare. Okay. Um, usually regulated by the federal and the state government on regulations or um, courses that we must teach and hours that we must teach. But I like to tell my students that this is where that you can actually get to taste the buffet, right? If you're thinking about healthcare, but you're not sure. You come, we prepare you, and then you can get to work whether it's in hospitals, long term care facilities, subacute um, facilities, um, head of life, right? And you can get to know where do I fall into? Is this what? I really want. Um, and so for our students, I think one of the, it's also the prerequisite for our nursing programs and even many other um, healthcare programs. So we are serving students into Yes, you can get to experience where the health is for you, but also this is a requirement for your programs. At the same time, for some of the students, it's a way to get their clinical hours as they prepare for other um, healthcare care programs, whether it's to become a physician, physician um, assistant, they need to be able to get um, clinical hours. And this is one way that you can do that. How about getting it while you're doing something that you're preparing for? Um, so... I don't know whether Rocky, you have something that you would like to add?
1: No. Um. Well, I mean, to add to that, that that's all. You know, pretty much what the program is. You know, the th- we the way that we do our course is just slightly a little bit different than what a student would then experience in a, like a traditional like RN class or whatnot, which is like a, a semester like course. Okay. You know, um, we offer it in many different versions and you know, uh, hybrid and face-to-face and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But we have these three components to it where we are first exposing the student to the theory, the theory behind nursing science, you know, the basics. Then they go through that, show their proficiency there, transition them to that lab component. All right, let's get you into that lab, show us these skills, and let me show you how to do the skills safely.
0: And so that lab is like on like on campus on or campus. On, or in person with the students wherever wherever it. they're being teach- taught okay you got it the and classroom the classroom lab okay yeah okay
1: so then that's where we're, we're training with them you know we have all the equipment we have labs set up very similar to what they would experience in a, in the a acute setting or a long-term care facility or whatnot mm-hmm. so they're practicing there. then once they they show that proficiency have been checked off on those core skills then they transition to the clinical environment okay let's go work with real residents. And show me, you know, how you do the role of the nursing assistant, Mm -hmm. you know. So um, that's pretty much like how interesting like our program is. It's definitely a prerequisite, you know, for the nursing um, program. But yeah, it's definitely just designed slightly a little
0: different. Okay. And um, and there is a exam that goes along with it as well. So do the students take that at the end or in the in the process or what, what point is that? Part of the?
2: So, students have to first of all be successful in our program here at Mad- Madison College. Okay. Um, and then from there, they do have to test um, to do a state certification um, exam, and that includes theory and then skills. And that's when they get to be put on the state um, registry um, as certified nursing assistant. So, like in Wisconsin, um, TMU or Headmaster is the agency that does the testing and maintains the um, the registry for nursing assistant. Okay. So once we get them um, successful, um, they also have to do certification outside of Madison College.
0: Okay. Yeah, because i've I've heard about I've heard about that test and and that certification and wondered how it kind of fit fit in. So are there other Um, aspects of the of the CNA program here at the college that you feel like sets it apart from from others do you think others that you're aware of like other other like other programs that are out there yeah yeah or other institutions that you know of or ways that people get trained I mean besides that kind of three-part process I can Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, I know like from my previous role, I worked with different um, organization or colleges Mm -hmm. and some that actually trained nursing assistants. And I know it was I always loved when Madison College students came because I knew that they were well prepared. And I also knew that um, they instructors, we are hands on. So I didn't have to feel like I had to, um, to worry about my residents. So I do love that, um, here at Madison college, we have consistency, um, consistent um, faculty. We also um, a- are exposing our students to a two-year college and just the ability of wrapping those students, because I believe that this is where you can make or break. I take it very seriously that my students, I want to be able to empower them and impact them so that whatever part of healthcare that they are going, they take those values with them, and I feel that that's what we provide here at Madison College. It's not just about getting you through this program and goodbye. We we want to impact people because we know that they're the future of healthcare.
0: Nice, yeah. It's you're you're providing that foundation that yeah. is going to serve them well wherever they go, and yeah, like you say, it's not just about the numbers cranking people through. Uh, That's, that's awesome. And I definitely see that um, in our, in our uh, faculty and all the nursing programs, for sure. That, um, that idea of that um, care, you know, the care of patients and the care of students has got to be balanced. And that's what you're preparing the students for, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So with, you know, teaching in healthcare uh, you're in this in the theory of the theoretical, you have the lab setting, you have the clinical setting. What do you feel like are some of the things that um, are really effective practices or strategies that are, um, you know, uh, applicable to healthcare education? What What's what works well for for both of you? I'm curious. Are there things that stand out that that you that you think might be d- either different or maybe similar to other um, programs or disciplines out there?
1: Okay. okay, Um, I'll say, at least for my strategy, mm-hmm. you know, um, I always value and seeing that bringing to the student, the trainee, the preceptee, so on and so forth, bringing these real-life examples and experiences helps them connect and integrate that theory with the real life. And I find that, especially when it comes to, you know, Knowledge acquisition and becoming proficient in like a new role and what you're trying to do, it's finding how to connect those dots. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a lot of students that when they start something, they are just being like thrown so much theoretical information, science, you know, and then they're not able to like integrate the importance of that with what's going on in the field. Now, I know that might sound kind of strange for us, you know, since we're like nursing and, you know, we have a lot of Mm hands-on components, but even still in our programs, I I have seen that with health sciences. So bringing to the classroom these real-life examples, whether you have experienced them yourself and telling the students, hey, look, here's an example that I had that has to do with relation with infection control, like protecting Mm -hmm. the, the resident from infections. And bringing that helps them kind of like go ahead and make that that connection, and when I do that, and I do it effectively with a good with a good example, you get those eyebrow raises and those eyes open up, and then that to me tells me it's like ah,
0: they got it. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those personal examples are so important. How about you, Louise? I think um, just to add on um, what
2: Rocky said, for me, um, when I first started, I, I had the pressure of teaching in the practical nursing program for a year and a half, and I think one of the things that um, I saw student appreciating so much is being in simulation because it's like a controlled environment, whereby while it was still not lacking, you know, don't get me wrong, but I felt like the students knew they were safe. Um, Mm. to explore and make mistakes but also knew that you were there um, to guide and support them. I think also in clinical practice um, compared to even our four-year institutions, it's the one-on-one time that in the relationship, the faculty to student relationship that our students have that even if now you're in the real world you're taking care of of patients you still have this person who is like your cheerleader who is saying i believe in you you can do this let's do it and i think that sets us apart as a program um as a teaching program and just the fact that you know here at madison college we have a, a ratio of like one to eight and i think even in our um our associate degree programs they could be one to seven i'm not Quite sure, don't quote me on that, but you know, just having that relationship so that you can be able to to support students. Um, in my area whereby I teach for um the central um the central Hispano cohort, you know, again, you know, they they um, specialize in bilingual students. You know, we spend more of our time in in group um, discussions in. Um, you know, doing multiple practices, making sure that um, we are providing information um, in different ways, whether it's, you know, pictures, theory, uh, videos and discussions and going through life scenarios that they can actually apply helps them with that, you know, knowledge. Um, and I found that to be help, very helpful. Um, you know, we do a lot of games, whether it's, you know, Kahoot or Mentimeter, mm-hmm. um, and they, they give feedback that that, that is helpful.
0: So, you mentioned a lot of things that I want to ask you more about than that. Uh, So, you mentioned simulation. A little bit. So um, tell us a little bit more about what simulation looks like. I mean, I've seen the simulation labs um, across the street from where we're recording this right now. But um, give us a little picture about like how what a typical simulation setup might might go or how an activity in a simulation in the simulation area for your students.
2: So I know a lot probably has changed in the last two and a half years. But, you know, in simulation, we still have. the same scenarios that they may have at the hospital, whether it's you know a patient going into cardiac arrest or patient um, who may be having an elevated um, blood pressures, and what would you, what assessments would you do, um, what um, medications would you, would you be giving that patient, What well, communication would you be having with your physician if this is a change in condition? And so students usually will be paired, um, two of them, and they'll be going through the scenario and um, putting the interventions and doing the assessments um, that they need to do. And then after that, they are going to have a um, post-conference with the instructors to see what went well, debriefing, what went well, what could have been different and then what else can we improve so it's just as a safe scenario for students
0: um to learn and and are they use typically using the actual like the I don't know what the right name is the mannequins the the robotic Mm -hmm. simulation uh patients
2: too in this so they are but even um in other situations, whether it's mental health or even like physical assessment, then we have community members who actually um, volunteer to be real patients that um, students can work with and um, be comfortable before they get to the real world or to the clinical setup.
0: Nice. Nice. Uh, So speaking of clinical, and either one of you can can answer this a a little bit. So um, I guess I'm curious a little bit more about the clinical setting. You mentioned, you know, that the, the faculty member is kind of the champion of of a group of students, but, you know, for somebody like myself that uh, has never experienced clinicals with students, like what does what does that average day look like in a clinical setting for the for the nursing instructors? Well,
1: um, a typical day is pretty similar to what what you would experience, you know, a, a healthcare worker. You okay, know, it's an eight hour day. Um, maybe sometimes even a little shorter or whatnot. Um, as an instructor, what you're doing there at the clinical setting, you have a group of students that have already uh, performed well and succeeded in their theory component and lab component. So you do have a batch of students that are like at a minimal level of proficiency that you can basically say, yes, you are ready to make contact with a real person Mm -hmm. and give them cares you know at at that point the nursing instructor is uh their responsibility is uh setting up for the students successes they're they're going to the clinical sites whether it's a long-term care facility or a a acute care setting such as like a hospital whatnot meeting with the you know the directors and whatnot at that floor um, making communication, letting them know that we're going to be bringing in students to assist the residents and/or the patients in the in the facility, and then the nursing instructor is finding those patients and those um, residents that would be um, good for these students to work with. You know, maybe they have you know certain conditions or needs that that require more assistance, and then we can provide that student or students that opportunity so they can really practice those skills with that person. Of course like always, we always respect patient rights, you know, and we always have to make sure that we consult with a patient first or a resident first and let them know that we are an instructor from Madison College. We would like to work with you and we have these new students, you know, would you like to? So we always need to make sure we make that initial contact. Once we have that contact and we have all the the patients that we need, we, we assign them to the students and then we let them know, hey, Let's get ready to get started with a day. This mm-hmm. is like the day of a nursing assistant. You know, let's plan. Let's review the charts of the pa- of the patient or the resident that you are assigned to. Let's review safety. What are things you're going to work with this resident? So on and so forth, you know? And then after that, it's like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Let's go in there. Let's have you do these things while we watch you. So you can have that like safety net kind of experience much like you know what we we're talking about that's that simulation you know but they still have that support system there where it's like no it's okay we're going to work together and we're going to make it all good for you to feel comfortable and also make sure that the resident's always safe
0: nice mm-hmm. yeah that's um yeah what a what a fantastic way for the students to learn and do they have a specific like number of hours that they need to meet for for the cna um test to do t- in clinical yeah for our
2: program so they have 50 hours of theory 25 hours of lab and 24 hours of clinical
0: okay yeah, yeah. so you had mentioned also um that's a great uh it, i don't know that gave me a much better explanation and i've ever heard probably of how clinicals work so i really appreciate that <laughs> like i don't <laughs> sure. think anyone's ever taken the time to really explain it to me um so you mentioned, Lois, the um, the Central Hispano um, Partnership. Tell me, I guess, a little bit more about that. I don't know how that got started or how long it's been in place and, you know, how many students and where you're teaching that and, and that kind of stuff. I don't know anything about it. Tell me all about it.
2: All right, so um, Central Hispano um, is an organization in the state of Wisconsin, and among so many things that they do for the community um, is to try to diversify um, the nursing workforce, but also providing opportunities, work opportunities, for the um, Hispanic originally um, here in Dane County. But um, beginning about just two years ago, now they are recruiting people from, you know, immigrants from all over the world. Um, And it's basically a bilingual um, cohort. So what happens is that once they recruit this um students and they recruit through their social medias through the word of mouth and recently it's been you know most of the students that come through says oh someone went through the program and then they are work you know we worked together um they also advertise through Goodman South campus they have um, flyers there um, And so once they recruit these students, then they go through the the School of um, Academic Achievement and they have um, an, an assistant or they work with an instructor to prepare them for the actual program of the nursing assistants. So they'll work with them for about three weeks intense, you know, four days a week. And they are going through the vocabularies that they might come across um, during the course. They are going through the textbooks, just learning about study skills, mm-hmm. um, test-taking strategies, um, and... Then in that the Central um, Hispano through that program they get the scholarships whereby they get the class paid for. They also get um, accessories paid for like uniform and clothing. And um, although I'm hearing that this might be the last semester that they're being paid to be in class, you know, you eliminate that financial barrier, and so you give people higher chance of success mm-hmm. because they don't have to worry about that. Then once they have completed the bridge course with Um, through the school of academic advancements then they start um, the class with um, the instructor which you know the last few semesters has been myself Um, and then once a week these two meet for student success to go through what we've covered um, in class so I would say that these students have a wraparound um, support from the central Hispano. they're also meeting once a week they're working on resumes they're working on interviewing skills they're actually doing mock interviews so between the three of us i feel like i'm the middleman right (laughs) Uh, or middlewoman um so i am here i'm with them in class but then if i see some areas whereby i may need support from the um the specialist coordinator i'm reaching out to them anywhere that the um the the instructor from the school of academic advancements can assess, so then we are communicating, and we meet at least three times, you know, a semester to just discuss the progress of our students and then see what else can we do to support them. Um, anything else you want that's to say? Soo- yeah, that
0: sounds fantastic. I, it, um, I would assume it sounds like, gosh, they must be very successful for the students. I would I would assume you have a lot of students that complete that program with all of that support.
2: They do. And I actually hope, you know, as we continue to talk about, because when I look at, at my classroom right now, I, I see our community and it gets me so excited because I'm like, this is how we start to diversify the nursing workforce. You know, a lot of research shows that when patients can see themselves in their providers they can be successful. So I am hoping that, you know, even as we continue to work, like with the um, UW program, that this actually gives a foundation what support looks like. And if Mm -hmm. we are going to actually support our students so that we can diversify the nursing programs, we need to look at this model because it works. Yeah. So we can apply it into our practical nursing program. We can apply it into our um,
0: ADN programs. And, um, so it just gets me excited. Yeah, it's it really sounds like a, a model that could be used in a lot of areas for um, students to, to get into, you know, an area that needs um, more more people working in it, period, much less, you know, definitely adding the diversity component, which is so important, like you said. So it's like win-win-win all around, right? You know, win for us, win for the students, win for the whatever industry or, you know, like nursing or, I mean, I just know there's so many areas of the college that, you know, say it's like, gosh, this is a high demand field, but we can't get students to come in it. But if they had such an amazing, you know, onboarding support um, experience and then this like constant support throughout it, I can only imagine how successful it would be. So that's that's really uh, amazing. And are you, are you teaching it um, here or are you teaching it at Centro Hispanos? I'm teaching it at Goodman South. Oh, at Goodman. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice, nice, excellent. And um, Rocky, you also are out sort of outside of our campus with students as well with the high school students. So tell me about that. Tell me about how that works and what students, um, you know, how that, how that works with the high schools, what high schools you're working with and how that might be a little different or the same. <laughs>
1: right. Um, actually, it's, it's very interesting because um, it's very similar. You know, um, we all understand that the healthcare field is lacking healthcare workers in all aspects, mm-hmm. right? So through different funding mechanisms and whatnot that the state provides, um, funding has been, uh, pushed into the the high schools and, you know, specifically in this like, you know, Madison area and the regional areas um, where we, we are able to come into their high schools and provide this course that we provide here at Madison College um, in their house is what I like mm-hmm. to say, like in their home, like right there in their classrooms. We have laboratory settings built in their high schools you know, and then we're able to go in there and provide them the same course without having the student needing to travel to us, you know. So they're mm-hmm. still getting that high quality, like, training that we're giving everyone here, right? Mm-hmm. But we're, we're taking it to them. And we're all over the place. I mean, we're in MMSD, so the whole MSD. We have Verona. We have st- the Stoughton area, uh, Waniwok, Sauk you know, over in Watertown, Fort Atkinson area. So we are really, really out there. We're really trying to um, make this program more accessible to everyone. Mm -hmm. And just like what Lois was saying, you know, we try our very best to find ways to increase access, you know, so that these students, whether it's like a financial barrier or like a location barrier or whatever, we try to bring that barrier down to say, no, 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 you can't can't and here's what we can do so the students basically they sign up through their like at school through mm-hmm. their like early college okay. contact right so we have our early college contacts here that go out there meet with counselors in those in those um high schools and the students are then you know enrolled as if it was like an elective so instead of taking like let's say shop or mm-hmm. something else or art or something they would take the cna course okay and then they sign up and we adapt the program slightly so that it fits the high school model, you know, Mm -hmm. because these students are still going to school, you know, like pretty much if you do the math about 40 hours a week, right? (laughs) You know, it's like a full-time job, right? Yeah. Um, so we have to find a way to like, you know, have them fit this into their very busy schedule. Um, so it's great. It's a really, really great program. It it goes back to what Lois said. It's like, it allows these students You know, the opportunity to taste the buffet, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like where they can get in, you know, get the feel for the healthcare area and then like be able to say, hey, do I want to keep going in this path like with nursing or you know what? When I was working over here, I saw those respiratory therapists. That was really cool. Maybe I'll go back and I'll be a respiratory therapist Mm -hmm. or
0: what have you. Right.
1: Moving on to being a doctor, physician.
0: right right yeah what a great what a great way to to see that I know I think about that and like gosh if something would have that like that would have been uh available when I was in high school like would I be doing something different because you know I just right I mean it's just if something's put there right in front of you and you get to try it when you're at that age it's it's really opens up a lot of a lot of doors for sure um and like you say I mean to be able to see all the different settings and get an idea of what you could do, and and have that as a, as an opportunity. Yeah, I I know some some uh, friends of mine, their daughter, um, not through us, but did the CNA program, and I was I was kind of like, interesting, like why why are you doing that? And and like I think she's you know interested in um like biomedical stuff, but it's like she just kind of wanted that like you say that exposure to that background and understand like just. What it's like to be with patients and see that that side of the field, and um, and really enjoyed it, and and um, you know also really um, you know found that. And I'm sure you see this with students too. Like some students really like a certain kind, like population of students. Like like my friend's daughter like really liked um, more working with elderly patients, and like you know some people like working with kids. I'm sure and that kind of thing. So they get to kind of test that out and see what they what they like, even with different demographics of patients and things, um, and not even just settings wise, right? It's it's mm-hmm. what a great way, yeah, what a great way for for us to, you know, the college to make that more accessible for. Um, for people and like you say, to increase the pipeline of, of, um, workers. Cause it's so, it's so important. Um, I can, I can only imagine, um, the, the need out there, um, because it's just constantly exploding. I feel like every time I turn around, there's another healthcare clinic being built somewhere or hospital being built and, um, and somebody has got to work in all those places. Absolutely. Um, I heard a little bit, too, Lois, um, that you um, are the advisor for the Multicultural Nursing Student um, Organization. I don't know if you're the only advisor or co-advisor, but um, tell us a little bit more about that organization and what kind of activities you have, how it came about, um, because it sounds like it's really cool.
2: Um, So I am um, co-advisor, Dr. Idris Dramell, co-advices with me. And this is actually the Mutai Kachur Student Nurses Organizational MSNO was um, student um, formed because um, when Lisa Caperi was um, the faculty lead for equity and inclusion or the director at that time, um, you know, students, we are coming up with um needs that they said we wish we had a platform whereby students who have the same experiences as ourselves could go and seek help in a safe environment um and so in um during her last semester we you know put some students that you know we are coming to us and said what can we do And that's how this organization became. And so our mission or the mission that the students came up with is to provide a space of belonging and support for nursing students of color and to enhance their experiences in the nursing program. Now, I'll be honest, we've had a slow start, but um, this must have had um, students who graduated and we are part of it saying, hey, how do we, um, you know, how do we, revamp um, the organization because we want to be able to help students who feel like they can't do it, who are feeling lost in the program. We want to support them. In fact, one of them um, yesterday um, met me at at Goodman South, and, and he said, I want to get to a Madison that, you know, every nurse, especially nurses of color, feel the responsibility of supporting others. That's what we are about. Um, so I I am excited. We have our first meeting for the semester this coming Friday. We also do have, um, we did through um, Lisa Capere, um, she got a scholarship that is awarded to students who are uh, paid members of this organization. So again, just a way of continuing to let our students know that, you know, Madison College is here. This organization is here to support you get through your nursing program, and empower you. You know, we've had speakers like um, Barbara Nichols, who was the first ever um, African-American uh, female president to be president of uh, American Nurses Association and um, Wisconsin Nurses Association. Come speak to them and, and empower them that you can still be, because we need everybody um, in um, if we are going to provide quality, accessible health care.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We need we need our healthcare workers to um, be a display of all of the, the patients that they're serving for sure. And 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 support that. And what a awesome way for students that the students kind of, you know, said, hey, we want to do something. How do we get this going? And for your alumni to say, I want to, you know, like give back. That's just that just really goes to how. You know, strong. All the nursing programs are, and that sense of camaraderie that they get as they, you know, go through and and supporting each other. And um, and I would assume you're saying that this organization is then open to like any of the nursing students. Yes, actually, I'm glad you asked that
2: <laughs> because you know we do have um, you know, our, the the Multicultural Student Nurses Organization is actually open to pre-nursing. Okay.
0: So like you're on the wait list kind of thing. Okay. And
2: we have a few of those students.
0: Um, We have
2: students from nursing assistant program.
0: We have students
2: from practical nursing program and students from um, associate degree program. Um, So we feel that oh, what the students want to eventually do is be able to help even the students who are in pre-petitioning. Like, what can I do to be successful in nursing programs? We want them to be um, a support s- system for each other. So um, I'm really glad you asked that question. So the, it, it is open.
0: So open it. no matter what stage they're at in the, in the nursing Absolutely. programs. Wow, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, slow starts, that's okay, as long as it's still going forward, right, and, yes. and things are, are moving. And, and going in the direction that you are are wanting to go with that. So, um, you know, thinking about those students that are in that pre-petitioning um, area or uh, maybe they're just thinking about a career in nursing, what what advice do you have for those um, students or people out there that are considering a degree in nursing or career in nursing, I should say? And I, I'll let both of you answer that one. How about Rocky first?
1: Um, sounds great. Um, I'm going to say... You know, get in it, you know, find someone that you might know that's in the field. See if maybe you can like tap into their brain, see how it it works out for them. If you don't, that's fine. You know what? Then go out there, go to your local clinic, go to a hospital, go somewhere and just connect with someone, just like introduce yourself to somebody and be like, hi, look, my name is so-and-so. So I want to see if I can come in and shadow, you know, or observe how like it is to be a nurse or whatnot, Mm -hmm. you know? So get out there and do that, you know. And then after you, you have that exposure, you know. And you want more, and you're hungry, you know what? Jump in, let's go, let's do the CNA, mm-hmm. be a CNA, you know. Get enrolled and come on over, and then you know let's let's get started with that, you know. Let's feed that interest, and then from there, it'll open that that gateway to that, to that nursing.
0: Nice. How about you, Lys? What advice would you have for somebody that's interested?
2: I would say, you know, I know for me when I migrated to United States about 24 years ago, and someone said nursing. Well, for me, I was like, not a problem. I always wanted to be a nurse. So, you know, but they said this is, this is a field to be in. You'll always have job security. So I did. And up to today, I tell people, if helping people, is who you are because you know I don't want just to tell anybody just come in right it's Mm -hmm. yes you get paid but you also have to have a heart of helping people and if that is you then come on in because in nursing I believe I truly believe that you can name it and you can be you know whether it's you know being a bedside nurse and I want to say that I love my career nursing assistants when they come to mm-hmm. my class, I say, if your goal is to be a career nursing assistant, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. You. My mentor who mentored me into in my nursing assistant career is still a nursing assistant, but the greatest, and she would always tell me, Lois, you can be a nurse. You're a good one. You can be a nurse. <laughs> so that's what I, I tell my nursing assistant student, but I also want to say that whether you you know, working with people, it's not so much you, but you can be a nurse informatics, right? You can be a bedside nurse. You can be, you can teach nursing. You can be a nurse practitioner. You, whatever you want, you can name it in nursing and you can be. So come and explore with us, right? At Madison College. So I'm I'm just calling on to all of them to come and explore with us because there is a future and it's not going anywhere. And job security nursing is not going anywhere.
0: Yeah, definitely. Helping people is not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, and and you know, so many people I think do kind of um, see themselves as as people that. Do really thrive on helping others, and, and kind of wonder about like what career path they should go in. But, you know, you you both have me sold that they should try CNA first, and then um and then figure out where where to go from there, or stay there and Absolutely. and enjoy that for um a career for sure. Um, you know, over your uh time uh, in your profession has there been any like specific individual that has inspired you or anything that you would say specifically kind of keeps you motivated? And I'll ask both of you again, anything that comes to mind.
1: Well, I'm going to say that I, I just think back at all my previous mentors, trainers and preceptors, you know, and all the really good ones because they allowed me to overcome obstacles you know, that I thought that I could not do, you know, I was looking at a specific goal and I was like, I don't think I can fit that mold. I don't think I can overcome that obstacle. And I had these individuals and there's, there's quite a number of them, you know, it's kind of hard to like you know, mm-hmm. say these specific ones, but you know, and allowed me to overcome that and become great at what I do or did or doing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so what, what drives me to still keep doing what I do and and to excel at what I do is I think that because I go you know what if I can be just even one-fourth as good as all those wonderful mentors and trainers and and people that I've had in the past that help me to my students and my trainees and my preceptees then that's great you know it's it's kind of like that whole um pay it forward give it back you know Mm -hmm. so that's what drives me drives me why I want to like continue like perfecting my craft so I can like give it back.
0: Yeah, what's some great examples you've had and, and now you can do that for your students. Right. Absolutely. How about you, Lice?
2: You know, just like Rocky said, I think, you know, for me, it's it's my preceptors that I've had, you know, beginning with my nursing assistant uh, preceptor that I had some almost 17, 18 years ago. Um, and then from there, it's, you know, people who have come along my side, usually in most cases I always had someone who would come and say, you know, Lois, you would be great at this. And I'll look at them and go, you serious? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I've been watching you. So they empowered you um to be and to actually um, discover your talents,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: Um, but recently, it's it's actually been Barbara Nichols looking at her in her 80s and still working full time, and advocating for quality healthcare, right? And how we can diversify the healthcare. Then lights up, up because then it's my students who actually, when they come and tell me, I really want to be a nursing assistant then I'm inspired. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I can inspire one more person, just one, then I'm good. I'll call it a good semester. <laughs> so
0: my students currently just keep inspiring me to continue. Yeah. yeah. Have you, either of you had the experience yet of um, you know, being out in like a clinical setting and seeing somebody that you taught and now they're working? And and, and how, is, how has that uh, interaction been and how has that made you feel?
1: Well, um, recently, it's it's quite interesting. Of course, I'm newer here mm-hmm. and whatnot, So, but I, I'm already getting that. You know, I might not have seen them just yet out there working, but I am getting now emails from previous students from previous semesters like, hey, Rocky, I just wanted to let you know I passed and thank you very much for helping me out. And I just did my certification exam and I just landed my first job. I'm working at UW. Thanks. It's awesome. So that's great that's great to already see. So I'm I'm hoping that um you know as I continue with Madison College as, as an instructor I'm going to catch some of those students in the future. I mean there's even been some students like hey are you going to maybe teach like the RN program or maybe like substitute <laughs> there or whatever because it would be great if you could do that. I'm like, "Oh, well, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens." You know But <laughs> So it's great. It's it's wonderful.
0: Yeah. What about you lace have you have you run into some former students in in yeah. the field? And usually it's a woodman's.
2: <laughs> you know, and they'll come running <laughs> in the grocery store, yeah. <laughs> in the grocery store. I remember, you know, when I did my my interview with um, um, Dr. Trina and, you know, she said, how will you know that you were a successful, um, you know, instructor or teacher? And I said, I hope I won't have to talk about it. But, you know, my students will. And now when they meet me at Woodman's and, um, you know, they come running and give me a hug <laughs> and they'll tell their family, oh, this was my nursing assistant instructor. Or like I was when I was in the practical nursing program, when they say I it was you who made me be helped me be successful. It, it, it just makes you feel good yeah. to know that you've made a difference in someone's life in future patients and residents
0: yeah it's the thing things that keep you motivated when the days get long and the semester drags and and things like that or challenges come up it's like you gotta keep tapping into those um those times that you're you get validated on how awesome things are actually and and keep that in mind because um it can't you know it can be challenging i'm sure you know we don't talk about about a lot of those a lot of those things that um You know can can really take time that you weren't anticipating or you know take take classes into different directions or student challenges but it's like you know you you work through all of that and come out the other side and these are the experiences that you have with your students and and that's what um, they remember and you remember and and makes it all worth it at the end of the day (laughs) yeah for sure so um, our time together is, is getting a little bit um, short here. I've kept you um, in your busy lives way too long already. But, um, you know, in the spirit of trying to get to know folks here at the college a little bit more through this podcast, I am curious a little bit um, outside of your professional lives that you've shared here today, you know, what might be some outside like hobbies or interests or things that you'd want to share about yourselves that you that you enjoy and Alois has a little smirk on her face, so I'm going to ask her first. Oh.
2: <laughs> she <laughs> was I going to tell it to uh, Rocky. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, I, I love to cook. Okay. I always like to say cooking is very therapeutic for me. Um, I also love writing and recording music, so I do have some music on YouTube. Um, and I also love golfing.
0: Oh, I didn't know you were a
2: golfer. I'm a golfer, too. Oh, good. I have a hole in one!
0: Oh, I do not yet good <laughs> so, for you
2: yeah so I find that that's a way of you know for me to just breathe in fact a colleague of mine that we golf together told me oh my god Lois I
0: feel so bad for that first ball this year
2: I said I agree
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that golf season is coming here in Wisconsin so you know some of the courses are open but that's not for me yet. I don't know about you. It's not way me too either. cold. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. wait. Yeah. Well, and I'll be looking up your music after this for sure. sure. Awesome. How about you, Rocky? Uh,
1: you know, I, I, I love, oh, I've always loved exercise, you know, exercise training, you know, and running, things like that. That's like my therapeutic go to, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when you have those like rough days, you just go. Do, do that, get you good. Also, I just love playing video games. I'm a, like a career video gamer. I just love playing it. It just helps me like really disconnect and just enjoy a, a really good story or a good game. Uh, playing board games, I love that as well. And traveling. I really love to travel and like go to new cities and new countries or states and stuff like that and just seeing and experiencing different things. Those yeah. are great.
0: Yeah. What have you done like marathons and and long runs no, like that? No,
1: no, we haven't gone that far and stuff, but I definitely uh do like to participate in a lot of the local like 5Ks. I sure. try to keep it shorter, you know, those marathons on the Yeah, that's a lot of dedication. Um, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot for me. And also it's not so much of my my major interest in there, um but definitely do a lot of the local 5K supporting like good charity events and stuff like that. So those are fun. Yeah, that's fun. Those are fun.
0: That's always fun. So um, I do ask uh, all my guests of this podcast, since it is the Cetal pie podcast, um, because, you know, we need more acronyms in our lives here at the at the college. Um, what is your favorite pie? So how about how about Rocky first? What's your favorite
1: pie? Oh, man, I'm going to be boring. I'm going to be so boring. I would love a cherry pie. But the thing it's classic,
0: is, not boring. I
1: You know, it's true. It's classic, right? But I love it because it's so if it's well done. You know, if you got a really good baker they really got it, it just blends the tartiness and sweetness so well. And it just gives you that like crazy palate feel yeah. and experience of the senses. So that's why. That's why I really like that, char- that cherry pie.
0: Cherry pie. Yeah. How about you, Lice? Do you have a favorite pie? Give me some apple pie with vanilla ice cream. (laughs) And we are good to go. (laughs) That's, that's, you're speaking my language there for sure. I love uh, apple pie a la mode. Although, again, I say, I think every episode, also, I pretty much like every pie. Uh, <laughs> if it's in front of me, it's probably not too bad, <laughs> for sure. Well, uh, thank you both so much for your time today. It's been really enlightening um, to learn more about nursing, um, the CNA program, and about uh, you know the clinical settings and all the outreach programs and high schools and Centro Hispano um, and all the great work that you're doing and your colleagues are doing in nursing. And it's been a pleasure.
1: Oh, thank you very much for inviting us.
0: Same here. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the CETL Pie Podcast. Please spread the word about this podcast and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes or other feedback, connect with me by email at cetl at I look forward to you joining us next time to peek into excellence with CETL.